Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Talking Games with Kelly and Andrew. I'm Andrew. And I'm Kelly. Kelly, we have a very special guest this week. Oh? I'd like to welcome to the microphone Mr. Jim Ryan. Insert baby crying sounds here. (laughs) (laughs) Kelly, we got a busy one. So let's just jump right in. A lot of events happened this week, and there's also a lot of news outside those events. A lot of it was pretty disrespectful that they didn't consider that we have this podcast, so everybody should spread their news out better. <laughs> um, but right at the top, we have a follow-up from last week. We talked about how Phil Spencer and Microsoft were offering PlayStation an offer of several more years of Call of Duty past the current agreements. Well, head of PlayStation Jim Ryan who, as you just heard, was on the show, but he has been taken by his mother to get changed (laughs) because he wet himself. Um, Jim Ryan has called the deal, quote, inadequate on many levels, unquote. And he states that Call of Duty would be staying on PlayStation for three years beyond their current deal. So presumably that would land Call of Duty on PlayStation all the way through 2027, the first time it would be exclusive would be 2028, which theoretically would be PlayStation 6 time. <laughs> I hate the story. I don't like Jim Ryan. I think he is a, a bad, bad game executive who doesn't care about video games enough and just cares about money. And also, like, PlayStation loves to gobble up exclusives. They can't be sitting here talking about how exclusives are bad. Yeah, I I just... uh, Big guys swinging their swords around. Who cares? You know? It's like, it's so petty, too. And And I think Jim Ryan's statement is funny. He says, I hadn't intended to comment on what I understood to be a private business discussion, but I feel the need to set the record straight because Phil Spencer brought this into the public forum. <laughs> it's like, shut up. Shut your mouth. It's like so, like, ugh, it makes me sick. These men and the things they say. Uh, Phil Spencer brought this into the public forum. It's like, it was always you know, going to be in the public forum. It's a, they're both like public companies. I don't get it. Anyway. I I made a comment about this because it did kind of feel like a um, an endowment measuring contest, if you will. Um, But I feel like the difference here is it feels less like that kind of measuring and more like Jim Ryan walked into the room with just a full diaper, took it off and slapped that on the table and was like, measure that. (laughs) Ew. Yeah, no, that's that's the second I heard this story and saw his comments and what he was saying. That's how I felt. I was really angry. And I said that to a friend of the show and promised I would I would note that on the show, that it, it was a diaper measuring contest for him. Except he walked into a room, like with a, a big board room with this giant table and slapped a full diaper on the table and then looked around and everybody else was just like classy and like being somewhat reasonable. Yeah. And Jim Ryan was just there. Diaper on the table. Diaper on the table. No pants. No pants. Speaking of exclusives that PlayStation gobbled up, though, uh, Kelly's favorite and mine, Babylon's Fall. 
the Square Enix live service game that came out March of this year. Uh, we learned some very interesting news. It will be shutting down permanently February 27th of 2023, just under 12 months after launch. This live service game will be a dead service game. It will not be playable. It'll be dead. This is catastrophic. <laughs> it's such a... What a waste of money and time and resources. It reminds me of Anthem. Yeah. Except probably a lot more people bought Anthem, at least. That's true. This is definitely a failure of similar... At least Anthem you could still play, right? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I guess probably... I Well, I really don't know. I don't... It was a failure, but it's like... It was a long-lasting failure. Mm. Um, I don't know. It's just... It's hard to say what this means. Besides, it's incredibly dumb that this game came out in the state it did. I'm not sad. I don't think... There's like two people that are probably sad, and it's the two people that play Babylon's Fall. Yeah, I read that like, their nope. like, highest concurrent players were like nine. Yeah, and you need like a party of four to play the game. So that who's that lonely one person who got left out <laughs> when there were in parties of four? Me. That's me. <laughs> Kelly was the ninth player. <laughs> I was. But you... part of me wants to buy this game now. Oh God! Don't waste your money. You're only going to be able to play it for a few more months. I mean, I saw it for 10 bucks today because it's just plummeting in price because it's soon going to be non-existent. But you can still buy Battleborn. Like, I've seen that at, like, five below before. What? And if you put that disc in your console, nothing will... It'll just be like, you can't play this game. My thing is, why would they ever make people pay for this game? I think it's weird to... I guess it works for, like, Destiny and stuff, but these, like, live service games, in my opinion, should be free and then... Um, you know. I think your opinion is correct. It's just weird to me, especially one like this that's like supposed to be kind of an MMO. Yeah. Um, MMOs usually, from what I've seen, are either free or like dirt cheap. So I think that yeah, was their I think, first um, mistake. They're also <coughs> uh more than nine players usually. Usually. <laughs> you know, a game will probably have a lot of players, and me included. Is Just Dance 2023, which was announced. Um, it was announced for the Switch, the PlayStation 5, and the Series X. Because, you know, Just Dance, it's very intense and you need a lot of processing power to play it. Right, that's why it's coming to Switch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, it will be coming out uh, this holiday, it looks like. Um, was there, like, a date? It just says holiday? Yeah, no. No holiday, just holiday. Just holiday, so or end of the year, I guess. So, uh, you know, that'll be fun for all you dancers out there. I have just danced twenty twenty two, and let me tell you, the amount of by this song, by this song pack, by this the second you get on the screen is just like exhausting. Um, it's I like don't... I just want to dance. That's all. That's a yeah. It's also peculiar that they're taking it off PS four and. Xbox One. That seems like a strange move for Ubisoft to like try to softly push people towards the current gen. And I'm like, why is Ubisoft doing this? Yeah. 
shouldn't PlayStation or Xbox be the ones who are like, hey, get the new console? Yeah. I don't know. Ubisoft kept busy in the news, though. They had a little show. That's where they talked about Just Dance. And they also announced that coming to Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope in the form of DLC is classic platformer mascot Rayman. He'll be making his return presumably next year. There was no confirmation of date, but presumably next year as part of the DLC pack for Mario and Rabbids Sparks of Hope on the Nintendo Switch. I am happy to see he's back. I'm a little disappointed it's as DLC for Mario and Rabbids, but that's better than DLC for a Rabbids only game because I feel like this game has a uh, hair more class than just Rabbids games. So hopefully he'll come back and this will be the start of something great because that also could expose him to like a whole new audience, that Nintendo audience, you know, because Rayman's dead. You know, he's been dead for a while. Those last two games that came out were popular and like well-received, but apparently not enough to, to revive him fully. Yeah. This is exciting for Rayman fans. Ray fans. Ray, yeah, that's all I got. Um, I'm a big fan of Ray Liotta. <laughs> rest in peace. Yeah. Um, I, I think that this game is very interesting, but I, exp- I feel similarly with your disappointment is that I think it's weird that he's going to be in a DLC, but maybe they're just trying to like test the waters and then you know see how that goes, and if they want to make another Rayman game, maybe they will. Who knows? No, I don't. I'm sorry. Were you waiting for me? I don't know. I just, I wasn't sure if you had anything more to say on this. I don't. I thought you were going to start the next story, but then there was silence. So then I looked at you in fear. (laughs) Okay. Well, here's the next story, which is very fun and very exciting. (laughs) That's your best transition yet. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes you just have to be direct, you know? Um, uh, There was a cinematic trailer for the next Assassin's Creed game, which is Assassin's Creed Mirage. Uh, we heard about this game like a week ago, I think. Um, yeah. And this was just uh, in typical Assassin's Creed fashion, uh, just sort of a very cinematic um, trailer that just kind of goes over the setting a little bit, maybe the main character. Um, I don't have a particularly large interest in this game, but I think it might be exciting for Assassin's Creed fans because it does sort of uh, feel a little bit more um, familiar I guess um, for a lot of them just because of the setting and the cloaks and the you know but who knows it's really hard to say no release date Um, I don't think let's see no just next just next year coming 2023 so that really could mean anything I have three thoughts. Okay. Kelly, skip to 107 in this trailer. Okay. Hold on. I closed it. At 107. Sorry. Huh? I closed the trailer. I have to reopen it. At 107 in this trailer, our character hops up onto like a little, a wood plank. Yes. And then falls off. When he hits the ground, it looks really, really, really photorealistic to me. 
Hold on. Let's, I don't know if it's just like the way the sand moves and the lighting is. It literally looks like uh, real. Like it, you're right. Yeah. It does look like. It's one of the best looking cinematic things I've seen ever is that like couple seconds. Yeah. I feel like they have always been really good about, you know, even back then. Like I remember the first time I saw the trailer for Revelations, Assassin's Creed Revelations. And I was like, wow, this has changed my life. I was probably like. 12 or 11 I don't even know how old I was but also I saw footage of Valhalla the other day and I was like wow I don't remember it looking this like not bad but not that impressive yeah Valhalla always felt like to me they were trying to cash in on the God of War thing yeah um thought number two did I say I have three thoughts yeah two or three thought number two this game's coming out at fifty dollars I think that's extremely weird because Ubisoft is currently pushing towards the $70 mark with like Skull and Bones. And I think it's really, really weird to release a game for 50 because what AAA developers consider like budget games is different than what most reasonable people do. So I think at $50, this game is actually going to be substantially smaller than a full $70 release. And that concerns me a little bit. Not that I care what this game's like, but I think it's like if it's gonna be way, way smaller, they should be charging even less than that. Yeah. But we'll see. Maybe it'll be a big um, full game and they're just being very nice. <laughs> no. You think Ubisoft's gonna be very nice? <laughs> yes. Um thought number three. I think it's really dumb that they did a pre reveal for this game last week with key art and they were like, tune in on this day to see it, and then they didn't show it. This was a cinematic, and this is an established series. Like, we knew it was coming. You didn't need a cinematic to reveal it. Yeah. I think we needed to see the game to be, like, really invested. So yeah, I was disappointed in that. Even though I don't care about the series, I'm disappointed that we didn't get to see the game. Yeah. I also feel like it should have been a surprise, you know? Like, showing yeah. off new Assassin's Creed game could really build up some hype. Yeah. And I know they're responding to, like, leaks when they released that key art. But some people don't see leaks. They see the official thing first. So why would you? Yeah, a lot of people don't see leaks, and you can't yeah, just a lot assume... of people just tune into the Assassin's Creed. Thing. Right. You can't just assume everybody who plays your game is on Twitter or whatever. I mean, there are a lot of people who probably had no idea what the leaks were. So, just my thoughts. Well, keeping the Assassin's Creed train rolling, um, Kelly, I would like you to to put your hopes into this one because it's going to be really hard for me to tell the story because it's confusing. Okay. So we also heard about Assassin's Creed Infinity finally. So Assassin's Creed Infinity is not a game. It is the new like launcher slash platform for Assassin's Creed games. So they made it sound like all past Assassin's Creed games will be included on Infinity but like, it's not like you buy Infinity and then you have all the games. It's more so that Infinity is just a launcher for all the games and presumably you still have to pay. Um, the first game is called Codename Red. That is the game set in ancient Japan that we've heard so much about. And then they also have announced Hex, which is a game that looks to be cult-centric. That's all we know, really. And that's Hex X-E- H-E-X-E. -E. Um, and then they also announced Jade, a mobile game set in China, 
which is coming to Netflix games along with a live-action Assassin's Creed TV show on Netflix. You can still buy these new games as full games. So, like, when Codename Red comes out, Red, you can go to the store and hand the money, and they give you Assassin's Creed Red. So I don't understand this platform. <laughs> yeah, you and me both. This feels almost like the Rockstar launcher or something kind of like that, and I don't understand the purpose of it. It seems stupid. Yeah. It seems dumb to me. Everybody wants their own launcher these days. But it also feels like late. And also on console, it feels ignorant to me. Yeah, and it's also like, I'm sorry, but so many Assassin's Creed games, so much of what people want to play are older. So you're going to what, make people go back and rebuy them? Like, it's, it's it doesn't so make unclear. sense. It's nonsensical. It's, it's way too confusing. I am very in tune with the video game industry. I should be able to just pop on and understand what this what this platform or whatever is. But I don't. But yeah. I think they're about 10 years too late to the ancient Japan thought. I think if they did that 10 years ago, it would have been, like, groundbreaking and everybody would be real excited. But, like, I played Ghost of Tsushima. I'm fine. You know? Mm -hmm. I don't need to play an Assassin's Creed version of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny that you say that you've played Ghost of Tsushima. Um, but it, I'm not telling you why it'll be funny until later in this episode. Okay, because I don't know okay. why it's funny. You know what's not funny? What I didn't <laughs> laugh at? What I felt joyous I, at? Oh, okay. I was going to say, I thought you were excited about this news. Um, It is exciting for Cyberpunk fans fans of the game cyberpunk um the uh expansion a trailer for the expansion released it's called cyberpunk 2077 phantom liberty um and the trailer we got is like not even a minute long it's like barely a minute long um and it obviously it's sort of pertaining to certain elements in the story that didn't really get super expanded upon um i think in the tabletop lore there's a lot about uh, like the governments of the United States or what are the new United States and the corporations and stuff like that. Um, but one surprising aspect of this trailer, well, maybe there's two. Uh, one surprising aspect is that it seems as though Keanu Reeves has returned um, to do some voice work for Johnny Silverhand. Um, I think this was actually confirmed because he did like a little clip afterwards. Yeah. Um, and then... It is only being released on current-gen consoles and PC, uh, which is very good news because I think um, Cyberpunk, I don't think, I know this, the original release and the original launch was so, so bad because it was very strongly um, hurdled with uh, having to go between old-gen and current-gen. So um, knowing that this will only be on current-gen, it is really unfortunate for people who are still playing on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Um, but this is good news in terms of, you know, the game, the expansion will probably run pretty smoothly. And Yeah, uh, I was going to say, I don't feel that bad. <laughs> yeah, it's at, at, at this point, it's kind of like, are you still playing Cyberpunk on your PS4 Slim? Probably it's not. 2023 release date. That's three years after the launch of PS5. Like, mm, I it 
you got to skirt that line of when you feel bad for games not coming to it. Yeah. Because I'm assuming this will be like basically on par with a full game. Yeah. Maybe not as big as the original Cyberpunk, but probably bigger than a lot of other video games. Yeah. I mean, The Witcher 3 Blood and Wine was pretty big. So and that was an expansion. So uh, this is yeah. supposedly the only expansion planned. So hopefully it's big. Nice. And it is described as a spy thriller, which definitely gives those vibes in the trailer. So me personally, I'm very excited. Um, Cyberpunk also just received a new update, uh, I think last week, with the new um, series coming out on Netflix. So I have been uh, playing it again and having a grand old time playing it on my PC. Uh, Are you going to watch Edge Runners? No, probably not. I... Uh, it looks cool, but I just don't have I don't have the bandwidth to do that right now. Nice cyberpunk turn. Thank you. I don't have it I don't um, have the RAM available to do that right now. <laughs> if you want some edge and some run and you don't want cyberpunk, your other option right in front of your eyes, Mr. the Hedgehog. <gasps> Sonic, I feel like we have to cover it every week now, even if it's small things. So we got a small thing for you this week. Sonic Frontiers released two uh, songs for the game. One's called Vandalize. Kelly? Yes? You listening to them? No, I can't oh. because I'm trying to listen to you. I, you could put it like real low, like I have it right now. I listened now, to the like, one that uh, you sent me. I sent you Vandalize, and they also released I'm Here. Okay, then I've heard this one. Vandalize included like a little bit of new gameplay footage, which was cool. And it was also very like 2000s edgy. I kind of loved it. It was stupid. It's kind of yeah. giving like, it kind of gave like Christian rock. Like, yeah, sweet. yeah, like rock that doesn't want to go too hard because... Yeah, because we don't want to, we don't want to make Sonic the Hedgehog feel intimidated. Right, right, right. And then the other song was just really sad, which was funny. I don't think I was. Um, I don't know. I I loved hearing Sonic music. I love seeing more Sonic footage, even if it's a game I'm not sure I'm gonna play. And I just love listening to it. Um, a time that I might listen to it is while I'm watching a Century event. Oh. Of course, because they're going to be playing Sonic Frontiers. Uh-huh. Sorry, I thought that'd be a given. Uh, before I make fun of them and speak <laughs> slander more, we have a very exciting word from our co-sponsor. This episode is, of course, sponsored by Century, a new esports organization from Pittsburgh. Their team runs tournaments for Smash and other video games. Maybe like Sonic Frontiers. Find them on Twitch at twitch.tv backslash PGH Century or go to their website, smackcentury.gg, S-M-A-K century.gg to find out more info about attending or viewing their content. Thanks, guys. We look forward to seeing all of your Sonic content and hearing those wonderful Sonic Frontier songs on stream soon, I'm sure, 100%. I'm expecting to hear I'm here on stream I am locking you into it. You have no choice. Please do it. Please, oh, Sentry. Oh, wow. That was, was... Do you think they're going to sue me for slander? No, I don't think they'll sue you, but they're going to make me start doing the ad reads again. I didn't even put together that I did it. 
I'm just now going to attach the ad read to whatever Sonic news we have on a given week. <laughs> and I like to read the Sonic stuff because, you know, when I talk about Sonic, you can't stop me. I go too fast. Yeah, you're like the blue blur. The boober. The, uh... <gasps> Bluber. Blooper. Nice transition to our next. Oh, that actually is a good transition. I was talking about blooper team. I was talking the about horror people. Oh. But you're talking about bloopers, the squids. Yeah, I was talking about squids and kids. Because Splatoon 3 had the highest three-day sales of any game uh, in Japan uh, at over 3.45 million sales of Splatoon 3. Um, it launched September 9th. And uh, you'll be happy to know that this is the highest domestic sales level for any Switch software in the first three days of its uh, existence. I cannot believe that. <coughs> I'm, I cannot believe. So I, I can't believe it. No, I can't believe it. He, it is literally the highest opening sales of any Switch game in Japan. I'm sorry, of any game in Japan. I, that, is, I that is pretty crazy, but you know what? Kids love Splatoon. They love Fortnite. They love Roblox, and they love Splatoon. I know the kids. Okay, I know the. Do you think I know the, the kids in think. Japan are playing Roblox? Yeah, every kid. Ask if you pick out a room of like ten kids. I can almost guarantee you that seven out of ten of them play Roblox or have played Roblox Roblox historically. In Japan? Yes. Okay, I don't know that much about Japanese like children enough to say what they're playing for sure. Well, they're probably playing Splatoon more because it's a Japanese game. And it's the best-selling three-day sales of any game in Japan ever. Right. And now we know this. Maybe I can explain why a little bit. Because I played it this week. <gasps> Got it on release day. Splatoon 3. Uh, I actually ordered it from Walmart because it came with a little squid plush. So it's supposed to arrive on Friday. And of course, you know what that means. Came through FedEx, meaning I actually played it on Saturday after I went to Target and bought it because FedEx lost my package. No! So I do not get a squid, squid plush with my game. No! But <laughs> I did get to play the game. Uh, I am a massive fan. This game is really something else. If you've played the other games, either of them, you'll really know what you're getting into. But this is not just Splatoon 2 Plus. This is a polished version of what you know. The gameplay is sped up a little bit. It feels more snappy. The responsiveness is higher. There are certain maneuvers. Like you, when you're in ink, if you press the jump button and turn, your little squid character will instantly turn and go the other direction much quicker than you've ever been able before. You're able to do these wall jumps, let you go up a wall way faster. Um, if you don't know, the basic concept of Splatoon is you're playing as this inkling, which is a squid-human hybrid in a sense, and you have a gun that squirts ink, and you spray ink all over the ground, and you try to cover more turf than your opponent. You can fight other squids while you're doing it, but the main goal is not killing the most squid kids. It's to achieve the highest percentage of ground covered. I really like that it's a lot different from a regular shooter. I'm 
pretty bad at regular shooters, and this allows me to do well sometimes because I have a lot of fun covering the ground in ink. Uh, there's also some other modes available to you, uh, like tower defense, or not tower defense, but defend the point and rainmaker mode. I enjoyed these ranked modes as well. There is salmon run, which is like a, a mode where you're fighting a horde of little salmon monsters and taking their eggs and trying to store as many of their eggs in your basket as you can. And there's a single player campaign. I have not played a substantial amount of this game, but I can say the single player campaign did surprise me. I thought it was just basically going to be the same thing as the second game, which was basically the same thing as the first game, but it was actually quite a bit different, and I was real excited about that. There's a lot more depth, seemingly, to the story and the world, and there's a lot of cool stuff going on visually and otherwise. I am a huge fan of this game. There's honestly not a ton I can say other than it's very fun to play with friends, also very fun to play alone with random teammates. Um, if you're interested in a fun multiplayer game, this is one to go for. Absolutely worth your time. Visually so crisp, so pretty, so colorful. Very responsive, easy to get into. The motion controls are extremely good. You'll want to play this game with gyro aiming, even if it's not something you're used to. Once you're used to it, it's very good. Uh, and yeah, that's about it. I really highly recommend this game, and I'm having a great time, and I'm super excited that I got it. Nice. That's good to hear. I didn't really play that much this week. I did play Ghost of Tsushima, though, because it's free on PlayStation Premium. <gasps> that's why you said that earlier. Yeah. How far did you get? Did you enjoy I'm like it? Like five hours in, I think. Um, I haven't done a lot of like main story missions. I've done a lot of side quests. Um, I really like finding the little foxes and following them and then petting them. Um, I like to take <laughs> baths in the hot springs uh, because one of my favorite things to do in video games is to take uh, big burly men and put them in the bath. To me, that is fun. Um, so that's what I've been doing in Ghost of Tsushima. You can bathe Arthur Morgan in Red Dead Redemption too. Yeah, no, I know what I know the other thing you're referencing. I'm trying to think of any others as well, because that sounds so specific that I feel like there has to be at least like a dozen games to justify that specific, specific thing that you love. No, I, I don't think there is actually. I think it's just two games. But if you find any, if you guys find any games where you can give a big handsome man a bath, you let me know. You let me know. You tell me first. There was one bath in Xenoblade 3. That's true. That's true. There's one bath scene. It's quite early in the game. I yeah. would just like to see it. That's all. Nothing weird about that. Well, everybody, reach out to Kelly. Let her know how she can bathe big burly men. In, video, in a video game. Mm -hmm. Let Kelly know. A little behind-the-scenes action for you guys. We have more news to talk about. Stick with us. We're taking a break, which for you will not sound like a break because that's just gonna we're just gonna keep talking immediately. But we are recording at about six p.m. on Tuesday, <laughs> September thirteenth, and starting at six p.m. There's a PlayStation presentation, and we want to be able to talk to you guys about it. So we have to pause our recording to watch it. This is something we've never done, which is like 
kind of crazy because a lot of events happen at 5 p.m. Um, but earlier today we watched a Nintendo Direct, which we'll, of course, be talking to you about after the quote-unquote break. And then after that, we'll be talking about whatever this PlayStation State of Play announces. So, do you want to give them a preemptive bye, Kelly? Bye. That was like the softest version of your bye. <laughs> I appreciated it. We'll be right back. Well, I shouldn't even say that. To you, we are back. And we're back, as promised. Not a big wait for you, but we just stepped away from a 20-minute PlayStation presentation. So we're going to hop right into what they talked about since it happened for us literally seconds ago. <laughs> uh, the first thing they showed off was a quick uh, trailer for Tekken 8, the next installment in the Tekken series. Um, not a whole lot to to talk about here, just... Uh, just fighting, fighting guys. Lots uh, of moisture. Lots of moisture. It was very wet. Uh, no release date. <laughs> uh, they said it, it's. Uh, we'll learn more soon. Um, but there was just a little PlayStation Five thing, so we don't really know what that means. I don't think it's going to be exclusive, but it might release first on PlayStation Five, or maybe not. What do I know? I, it's that's the thing is, all of all of the stuff they're talking about, like it was rendered real time and captured on PlayStation Five, and it's like. Okay, but is it exclusive? I would be kind of surprised, to be honest. Yeah. But I guess we'll find out soon. They said to stay tuned. No real information. No release date. It looks incredible. Yeah. And I think this is like partially real gameplay, so I am excited. So after that, they surprised us with a reveal of a remaster of a PlayStation 3 game that never came out in the United States of America. Like a Dragon, Ishin. So this is uh, a Yakuza game. It is set in 1800s Japan, but it follows kind of the gameplay style of, you know, those classic Yakuza beat-em-ups. Just put a sword in your hand, basically. I'm really excited about this because last year, I, I guess that'd be 2020 now, I played all of the Yakuza mainline games and I really wanted to play these games but they were not available because they were only on PlayStation 3 in Japan and now they're coming to PS4 and 5 they're coming out February of 2023 uh, there's going to be a live stream soon with some more information specifically tomorrow at 3am Pacific time which if you're listening to this at time of release is 5 hours ago um <laughs> So if you're really, really interested, there is some more information to look up. We'll probably talk about it next week if it's worth talking about. I'm just real excited. I think the artwork, the key artwork's really cool, and I think the game looked really nice. It looked like a really nice, a really nice remaster. Yes, and then following off of that, we got a kind of interesting uh, sneak peek at a game. It, uh, the game Pacific Drive by Ironwood Studios. Ironwood. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good question. Um. Anyway, yeah. Ironwood. <laughs> So you, it seems to be some sort of like post-apocalyptic, uh, cataclysmic event, get kind of game where you're driving in a car. Um, I I don't know. Uh, it looked interesting, <laughs> but there it was so minimal. It's like hard to be like, what are, what's it gonna be about, you guys? You know. I looked up the studio while we were watching live, being like, do I know that? Do I know that name? And I found their studios, like the website. 
and it had like a little description on Google. And then I clicked on the link and it was just their homepage and it said password required to log in. <laughs> so I was like, well, I guess I'm not supposed to see this website yet because I don't think they expected people to be Googling it the second that the trailer was premiering. But like I do that all the time. Like I'll very quickly Google a oh. studio when a game starts. It, so. it looks like they've removed the password. Okay. I Yeah, they probably were just waiting till that trailer stopped premiering. Yeah. That's really funny though. Oh, they worked on, like, Don't Starve. Oh, that's cool. That feels like something they should have said. Well. Oh, well. Some of our, maybe, oh, oh, oh. But they said a new studio. It's the, people, just, like, it's a, the people who are working at the studio. This is what they've worked on. Oh, okay. Because um, I was going to say, they said a premiere game from the studio. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty impressive. They've got uh, Bioshock Infinite. Uh, they've got Don't Starve. They've got. Uh, Kubo and the Two Strings, Sly Cooper. I mean, what's going on here? Well, it's just, you know, Kubo is great, though. Animators and stuff. But anyway, uh, right after that, we also got a very immersion breaking, very unfun um, uh, moment uh, about PlayStation Stars. Stars! Um, Where, sorry, I had to do it. Um, Where uh, we learned that. This new loyalty program, where terms apply, um, <laughs> is offering digital collectibles to users, uh, which are like little 3D modeled things. They kind of look like, remember on the old like PS2 on the memory card, if you had data saved, it would be like a little that icon. That is a good comparison. I think maybe that's what they were trying to emulate. I'm not really sure. Uh, but that's what they looked like. So it's launching first in... Japan? Uh, Asia. Asia. And Which then it'll come to Japan. the US and Europe. So It looks pointless. Looks pretty stupid. Um, and then right after that, we had a, a quick trailer for a game called Sin Duality, which is a uh, robot action game. Um, it's got sort of a uh, anime feel to it. Um, you could be more mean. Well, there was a lot of like, there was a lot of like that sort of uh, business happening. Um, it didn't look super fun, but that was just my opinion. I'm not trying to be a hater. No, um, it didn't look great. I don't think it looked fine. Yeah, I don't know, but um, Sinduality, uh, out next year. Uh, real quick before I continue, we have now gotten confirmation as of two minutes ago that Tekken 8 is actually coming to PlayStation 5, Series X, and PC. So oh. this is where it was premiered, but it is not just on PS5, even though they smacked PS5 all over it. So there's liars. They were real good about not saying exclusive and just like being candid. Canny. Canny? Canny. I don't know. Sure. Anyway, after that we saw a game called Stellar Blade. This was Project Eve before. We've seen it. It is an action game starring a, a robotish lady with long black hair performing crazy action. I made sure that Kelly didn't read the story because I thought it looked sick while Kelly was just pointing out a lot of jiggle physics and weird anime noises. Well, I'm which, sorry, but the, the physics were jiggling. Yeah, you're correct. But I thought the gameplay itself looked really incredible and the graphics were really nice. You were right. One of the characters did look really realistic, and the others looked quite anime. So it's a weird mesh. But it's very I'm just pretty. saying, if you're gonna make everybody like, you know, you know, Amine. then everybody should be like that, not just the women. That's all yeah. I'm saying. 
Well, perhaps you will see some less anime people. Oh, that's coming out 2023. Perhaps you'll see some less anime people in Rise of Ronin, a new game from Team Ninja set in 1800s Japan during the U.S. takeover. That's a very specific setting. That's what I was saying during the trailer. Um, it is an action game with a very interesting looking story, incredible visuals, uh, coming out exclusive, console exclusive on PS5. Quite disappointingly, it ended with a 2024 release date, <laughs> which I think is just incredibly stupid. That's so far away. Yeah, that's rough. It looks incredible. I think it looks awesome. Like, really, really cool. And I just am sad about that time, that release window. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. So, And then we closed out the show with a very exciting reveal of the God of War Ragnarok PlayStation 5 controller. In all seriousness, it did look like we were going to literally end the conference on a PlayStation 5 controller variant, <laughs> and we were very disappointed. But then it cut to an actual trailer. We saw a pretty extensive look at God of War Ragnarok. I think it looked really incredible. Half of me was disappointed they were showing it because I kind of want to be surprised. But hey, I'll take it. There were some giant dogs in it, and I really like dogs. Do you have any thoughts on that trailer, Kelly? I also liked the big dogs. Uh, that was uh, even the moment I went, wow, that's so cool. Um, you did say that out loud. <laughs> but I did think that this trailer was nice. Um, I think it was nice to see gameplay and cinematics um, and to kind of get a grip on the story a little bit better. Um, yeah. I think it's good to have a trailer like that when we're pretty close to release. But that kind of is like, well, we'll also get a release trailer, so... Anyway, yeah. I thought it was exciting and a nice way to close out the show. I kind of wish it would have been something new, um, like a new, like a announcement, but uh, it is what it is. State of plays are always kind of low-key like this, in my opinion. Bad. Low-key. It was at least fast-paced. Yeah, there wasn't. And there were a couple of good things in there. Yeah, it wasn't super bloated, but there was a lot. I'm of... really excited for Like a Dragon Ishin specifically, but yeah, that's because I'm a Yakuza diehard. Yeah. Um, but thankfully, if you thought that show was bad, another show happened earlier today, day of recording, Tuesday morning, September 13th. That would be the Nintendo Direct. So Kelly, why don't you just kick us off? We're just going to read all the news in order. Yes. So first we saw a trailer for the new Fire Emblem game, um, Fire Emblem Engage. It is a, uh... It's like a it's like a it's like a summoning kind of game. Marth is in it. Um, the trailer I thought was very interesting um, because it didn't. I mean, we didn't really see like what the game was really about, in my opinion, until like more towards the end. And then you're kind of like, oh, okay. So we're like summoning ancient heroes, um, and then there's like standard Fire Emblem gameplay. Um, I think a lot of the original characters look good to me. Um, the MC does not. You don't like that design? No, I hate it. I like it. I think, especially the female one. I think the female one looks really good. I hate the toothpaste hair. I yeah. don't like the mismatched eyes. It's it's to me it's giving like a deviant art OC made in like 2010. 
Yeah. Um, I think if the hair was different, it's just the colors. I don't like the colors. I think the designs are fine. It's the colors I don't like. But um, this game will be out next year, January 20th, 2023. Um, it is available for pre-order now. Uh, I feel like next year almost feels like an overstatement because it's literally like four months from now. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'm going to get this game just because, like I said, I kind of don't like the concept of it. Um, like I mean, the summoning, I'm not super big on. I feel like this franchise was doing a good job of breaking away from like, oh my God, it's Marth. Oh my God, it's Marth again, but he looks different and his name isn't Marth anymore. Oh my God, it's Marth, but it's a girl. It's like, I think, that is something that I enjoyed a lot about Three Houses is it felt very, very different and a very um, new way to sort of engage with the universe of Fire Emblem. Um, and I don't like this sort of like, oh my gosh, you can summon Marth. It's like, oh my God, just let him rest. <laughs> let that man rest. I um, think the thing for me is that when I look at all the other characters, because they showed a lot of characters in this, quickly when i saw all of them they all look well designed and i know that they tend to be very well written if you kind of ignore the summoning mechanic i feel like there's a lot here that's exciting i think the summoning mechanic might be a marketing ploy more than a central mechanic if that makes like it'll be a big gameplay mechanic but i feel like the story will still be quite independent and know. like it's hard to say for sure but like just looking at like the cover art, like if you if you take Marth out, there's a lot going on that looks new and exciting, um, and I really like the design specifically of all the new characters. Like all of the side characters look really cool, and there's also like city building mechanics, which I'm a huge fan of. Like the idea of taking like three houses in between phases, and instead of building up like your students, you're building up like a town. That's a really cool idea to me. Mm -hmm. And I also think it looks way sharper than Three Houses. Like, I kind of can't believe these cutscenes, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I mean... They look pretty incredibly good. Yeah. Because Three Houses is kind of ugly. And this game's a lot less ugly. So, and I, again, I really like the way the side character... I hear what you're saying completely. I think I'm slightly less burnt out. Because the only game I've played that's like, oh, it's Marth, besides the Warriors games, or Warriors game, I guess, was Awakening. Um, So I'm not burnt out. And I think as long as it's somewhat background, which is my hope, I'm okay with it. You know, I think yeah. a mechanic that makes you look different and gives you new moves is really cool as long as Marth is not like the main character of the story. Yeah. Also, I think they're using Marth for marketing, but I'm hoping there's a lot of really cool characters coming back if they're going to do this. Because, like, even seeing Celica briefly, I was like, oh, that's really cool. Because I don't think Celica gets en enough love. Yeah. So, we'll see more very freaking soon. Regardless of your opinion of the game, I cannot believe that f that release date. That's so soon. Yeah, it's actually interesting. Um, and I didn't really want to bring it up on the show because we don't really talk about leaks, but this a game was leaked like a month or two ago. Oh, this um, was the game that leaked. Yeah, and everybody was like, 
everybody's like, no way, no way this is the real Fire Emblem. The main character looks weird. <laughs> but They do. They, but it, it, the leaks were right. I mean, that's the main character. So Yeah. I, just, I think if you take took the main character out, honestly, I don't nobody would probably ask any questions. It looks pretty normal outside that. Yeah. Um also during this show, this is not in order, but I just am going to consolidate all of the ports that they announced. The big ones were It Takes Two, Tunic, Rune Factory Three, Factorio, Eb, I B, Sifu, and a remaster of Tales of Symphonia. So lots of exciting ports, especially It Takes Two. I think that belongs on Switch. I hope yeah. it runs really well. And also you can play with loose Joy-Cons, so like, that's cool. Although I'm like, camera control's pretty pretty cool as well. Mm-hmm. So hopefully if you're playing this, you have two controllers that can all that can camera control. Yeah. I'm excited for Eeb. Uh I have fond memories of that game. And I'm excited for Tales of Symphonia, which is another game I have fond memories of. I'm excited for Sifu to hopefully actually get marketed because PlayStation did not market it at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, shortly after that, we got a trailer for Fatal Frame, Mask of the Lunar Eclipse, uh, which is a uh, remaster of a Japan-only Wii game. Um, this was announced for PS5 and PS4 uh, for early 2023. And Switch. Just, oh, and Switch. I forgot to include that. Um, which, I mean, obviously it's a direct. So. <laughs> <laughs> but um, very interesting. Fatal Frame fans are super diehard. Uh, they will they will go hard for those games. Um, I've never played a Fatal Frame game. I've seen a lot of them. Um, but I think this will be kind of cool. And maybe it'll sort of re- revive the... Uh, the series as a whole because I think there are some really cool and interesting things that could be done with Fatal Frame. Um, I just don't think the franchise has been touched in a while. So, Yeah. I was surprised it was a remaster because it looks really good. I assumed it was a new game. Yeah. Um, another very exciting announcement for Kelly personally uh, is uh, Story of Seasons, A Wonderful Life, which is a remake or, yeah, remake I guess you could call it of the original Harvest Moon, A Wonderful Life, and Another Wonderful Life. Um, these were sort of the, probably one of the first Harvest Moon games that people played, um, other than like Story, or I'm sorry, uh, oh, I can't remember, I can't remember what it's called. Um, but basically Pioneers it's- Pioneers of Town. What'd you say? I'm sorry. Pioneers of Town. No, no. That's the only other one I know. Harvest Moon or Story of Seasons? Story of Season is. I thought it was Harvest Moon, Pioneers ha- of Olive Town, and then the remake was also Pioneers of Olive Town. Well, Harvest Moon turned into sto- so what used to be har- the people who made Harvest Moon are now Story of Seasons. Um, Harvest yeah. Moon is kind of a different franchise now. Um, but if you if you actually if you watch the the trailer for this, it's very clearly a Wonderful Life and another Wonderful Life. Um, something that was really cool about a Wonderful Life and another Wonderful Life was the uh, first of all, you can get married as you can in any Harvest Moon game, but you would have a kid and you would kind of grow this life and you would get older and your kid would get older. And um, it was super, super cool because no other games really did that at the time. Um, but it's very nostalgic, very exciting for me. 
I loved, I loved Another Wonderful Life. I cannot tell you how many hours I put into that game when I was a child. It was also my first traumatic experience with death because my cow died <laughs> and it was so awful and so sad. Um, but see, I didn't know this was a remake of it and its sequel. That's really cool. Yeah. So I, I've, I read a little bit online about it too. Um, apparently it's, it's, uh, it, it's, it's different. Uh, there's like camera, new characters, new outfits, uh, new residents. Uh, so very exciting. Uh, and you can play as a, as a, any gender and you can nice. get married to any gender. So nice. Very cool. Um, and then after that was a trailer for uh, Feature Rhythm. Uh, the At Rhythm. What, the At Rhythm? Yeah, right. Come on. Um, which is a uh, Final Fantasy, uh, what, what are they called? Game? Beat game? Rhythm game. Duh. The <laughs> Rhythm. You just did like a little like cat dance thing I had to, and said the beat game. I had to get it down. But, um, uh, and that will be out on February 16th. Uh, and all the music will be Final Fantasy music, which I'm well, sure you could assume. But They also announced DLC that's going to be like Nier and Octopath it'd be and a cool couple if, other. It'd be cool if they did like things. Kingdom Hearts music too. I wonder. Well, there is a Kingdom Hearts rhythm game, so I feel like that might be. Oh, encroaching on the territory. Yeah. Because um, I don't think that's like Disney or anything. but Yeah. And this will be out on February 16th, 2023. I wouldn't have guessed this would happen. <laughs> it's kind of silly, but you know, rhythm games are really big um, with like JRPGs. Um, if there's just, a really popular JRPG, there's there's like a ninety nine percent chance that there's a there's a rhythm game to go with it. So, and I think this yeah. there has been like established um, Final Fantasy rhythm games anyway. So I think this is sort of a continuation of that. Yeah, I mean, I played very briefly Theat Rhythm on 3DS, which came out several years ago, and it had a sequel even. I don't know. I just didn't assume there'd be a, another sequel. Yeah. Even though there was already one. But it looks good. Yeah. I will be borrowing it from my local library if they get it. I probably won't buy it, though. <laughs> but I'm excited for people who are excited for it. And I think it's a cool game to come out. Also, I know I already said it, but that near music's coming as DLC, and I probably would get it day one if the near music was just in it, because mm -hmm. I love near music. Um, Square Enix kept their train rolling, though. They announced Octopath Traveler 2, pretty self-explanatory sequel to 2018's Octopath Traveler, same 2D HD style. It's coming out next year, February 24th, only five months from now. I, this was not on my bingo card, that's for sure. I love Octopath. Didn't expect a sequel. Yeah. Um, it's eight new heroes, which is cool. I'm glad they're not trying to milk those heroes further than they already did. Um, how do they keep making these? Like, that 2D HD team released Octopath in summer of 2018, and then Triangle Strategy this March... And then Live Alive this July, and then releasing this in February, and they still have the Dragon Quest Three remake in the works. How do they? How, uh, how do they do so many games? I don't know. 
but this looks really good. They polished up a lot of the visual effects, so it's looking real shiny. Um, it's coming to PS4 and 5 as well, which I think is really cool, because um, all these games eventually get ported over to other systems, but it's nice that on release date it will be coming to another system. I'm really excited. I think the music is incredible. Visuals are even better than they were. Gameplay looks fun. I'm going to be playing this one for sure. So, And then Square Enix showed their last thing of the show, that being Crisis Core Reunion. We saw a little more gameplay footage, saw it running on Switch, looked pretty darn good. They also released an extended trailer that included trailer captured on PS5, included footage captured on PS5, silly me. This game looks incredible. Looks very um, good, very crisp. They announced that it's coming out December 13th, so it indeed will make its way into this year. I'm real excited. I think the updated gameplay looks really updated and nice. Um, I miss Axe's old voice for nostalgia reasons, but <laughs> I think all the voice actors are killing it in this trailer. So, Yeah, I'm excited to, to be with Zacky Poo again. Yeah. Um, they released a little bit of key art, and it's like in the rain, which is very reminiscent of a certain late game scene from the remake. So I think they might be lying about the fact that they're not going to connect it at all to remake. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. On December 8th, 13th. Not even that far away. Yeah. Three months. Do you want me to sing the song? No, 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 I got you. Sorry, I just was no, confused yeah, I want to on the song now. No, no. Um, here's something very exciting. If you have Nintendo Switch Online, you can get an expansion pack where you can mm -hmm. play certain Nintendo 64 games, like GoldenEye. <gasps> which is why Andrew was conducting that beautiful music. You will also be able to play Mario Party 2. No, Mario Party 1, 2, 3, Pokemon Stadium, Pokemon Stadium 2, 1080 Snowboarding, Excite Bike 64. Um, those, are com those are coming in 2023. Uh, I... Can't believe they finally ironed out whatever licensing agreements were keeping GoldenEye off of every platform. Yeah. It's really cool. It's also coming to Game Pass, but weirdly, the online play is exclusive to the Switch Online version. Yeah, that's that is odd to me. Um, this yeah. is exciting. I was excited about Pokemon Stadium, though. It's so yeah. hard to play that game. And now, it won't be hard. The best part is I know we're slightly out of sync because we're recording over Google, so that's going to sound real bad to the audience. <laughs> you could always line them up in our audio nah, files. No, nah, it's better if we don't. Anyway, similar to James Bond, Shigeru Miyamoto came out. He said, hey guys, I got some stuff to talk about. He said, hey, Mario movie? And a bunch of people held their held their breath waiting for a trailer. He said, it's coming next spring. Moving on. 
And I was like, oh, thank God, because I didn't want to see a trailer today. I think that's better on its own. Um, and then he talked, uh, he said, do y'all like Pikmin? And, you know, the crowd went wild, I assume. I was very excited. I was like, oh, my God, are they going to announce a new Pikmin game? And then Miyamoto's like, hey, so there's this mobile game. It's called Pikmin Bloom. Pikmin Bloom came out last year, around the same time as now. There are no updates. Miyamoto simply spent about five minutes talking about the game and explaining it. And I guess trying to get new people to play it. It was very peculiar and bad. But Miyamoto-san, he made it up to us. He said one more thing. And we saw a little 30-second teaser for Pikmin 4 coming to Switch next year. I am stoked. Doked. I think it looks really pretty. Obviously, it's just a 30-second environmental teaser. And then we saw a little image uh, showing that the camera has been moved down to be closer to behind the back. A lot more uh, akin with third-person games of late and less of a top-down game. I think it looks really pretty, though. I'm really excited. I'm really, really excited. This has made 2023 look a lot prettier to me. Yeah. I have never played a Pikmin game. Yeah. So I don't have a whole lot to say about Pikmin. I do think they are little guys, and we know how I feel about little guys. Yeah. And I like the little frog guy, too. I I think the... I forget what he's called. He's very cute. And I'm a big fan of him as well. Feets. I'm excited. His little... F- his, his little, little f- what? His little feet. He does have cute little feet. He's got little feet, just like the Pikmin got little feet. The Pikmin have the tiniest feet because they're like the size of a quarter. Oh, they're so cute. Okay. During the direct, we also saw a trailer, a mini trailer for Bayonetta 3, mostly a recut version of the trailer we got last month. But they also announced they were releasing a gameplay trailer after the direct. I disagree with that move. <laughs> Because this trailer is really good. It does an amazing job of showing off the gameplay. I think this game looks incredibly clean. The music sounds really good. The new mechanics are so freaking cool. You can instantly summon all of these monsters to play as them. Leaving Bayonetta vulnerable. But you can summon these gigantic creatures to attack. You can also transform into like smaller versions of these demons that fuse with Bayonetta. Which time looks really nice. The new combos look really nice. The graphics are incredible. I am so freaking excited. And this gameplay trailer is profoundly good and shows off the game very well. And again, I'm very confused why this was not included in the direct. Obviously not the whole eight minutes. They could do a cut down version. But I think Bayonetta needs to be getting as much of a marketing push as it can. But like this trailer came out and it only has 75,000 views. And obviously millions of people saw the direct, but like... I think they needed to have this in there to really push this game as hard as they can. Yeah, I agree. Especially if they want to bring new people in. I think people don't really understand like the concept of gameplay in Bayonetta. They don't really know what it is. Is it like a yeah. beat-em-up? Is it like a this or that? Um, so I think it would have been nice to, especially after so long, to so long waiting for this game, to be able to see gameplay in that trailer. But yeah, so I agree with your sentiment there for sure. Yeah. 
It looks incredible, though. It looks really, 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 really incredible. And obviously, it was my most anticipated game of this year still. But, like, now it's even more so. It looks so good. Yeah, it looks great. The design itself is just... Mwah! Chef's kiss. Chef's kiss. And the new music that is in the background of this trailer is really freaking incredible. Yeah. Um, Shortly after showing off Bayonetta... Uh, Nintendo showed us a new Kirby game, Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe. Um, this is a four-player platforming adventure, as described by Nintendo. Um, yeah. And it will be available on February 24th of 2023. So pretty pretty soon, another Kirby game. I feel like we're just getting Kirby game after Kirby game. <laughs> yeah. Um, Did you play Return to Dreamland on Wii? You know what? I didn't play it on Wii, but... I played I played a Kirby game on Game Boy and it looked just like this. Um like even the the mini game where they're like tossing the bomb with the pan that seems so familiar to me. Was it by chance Kirby's Dreamland? Maybe. Is that on Game Boy? I think so, yeah. And this is Kirby's Return to Dreamland. Well then, that's probably what I played. But I did not play <laughs> that I did not play the one on uh uh Wii or Yeah. Yeah. This looks like a really good port. It looks really crisp. And also, I think it's really cool that they added the option to play as four Kirbys. Because you used to be able to play four player, and somebody plays Meta Knight, somebody plays Waddle Dee, and somebody plays uh, King DDD. But now you can play as four Kirbys, so nobody feels left out from getting the power ups. Yeah. Yeah. And that bomb minigame was always so much fun. You'd yeah. be like, no! Because it's, like <laughs> it's like hot potato, but it's a bomb instead of potato. Yeah. But it's Kirby, so it's not like, oh, my God, it's a bomb. It's like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, um, yeah, Google's going to Google's going to flag this conversation because we've mentioned bomb quite a bit. Yeah. Um, And last. Maybe you should should mention the bombshell. Oh, very nice. And last but certainly not least, Nintendo dropped a bombshell upon us um, where they showed off the new Legend of Zelda game. Uh, The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, which is the actual title for Breath of, for the second, the sequel to Breath of the Wild. (laughs) Um, It opens with these interesting murals that look to be sort of showing events from past games, uh, Skyward Sword in particular, which is interesting. And then we see Link. Um, We see this sort of recurring motif of like, you know, in the sky versus down on the ground, um, which is something that was pretty prevalent for obvious reasons in Skyward Sword. So I thought that was interesting. It's kind of a little, I don't want to say throwback, but it seems like these games might be tied a little bit closely together. Um, But anyway, it's called The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, and it will be out on May 12th of 2023. It looks so freaking good. It does. It looks great. Um, I feel like it's going to be very interesting to see sort of the lore tie-ins um, that we have already sort of seen in these tr- in this trailer. Um, and I'm excited to sort of see them expand upon this idea of like up and down, opposites, reverse and forward, Ouroboros, uh, that kind of thing. So, You know what I'm excited for? What? The pap- the big airplane that he lands on when he's fallen from the sky and he lands on a, like a old air like an old airplane looking yeah c- cadoodle yeah uh, yeah it does look like a, a little bit like an airplane 
when he in the opening of this trailer after like the cinematic part he pushes this door open and it like reminds me of when you leave the first cave in breath of the wild but instead of going to like a mountaintop he immediately just jumps off a cliff yeah that's relatable i do that i want to do that too when i wake up in the morning <laughs> and then there's like this flying mechanic and then you know he his hair's down for a little bit of this trailer he's wearing a scarf he lands on a little plane like i said yeah, this trailer was tiny he's slaying yeah he's slaying he's, and he's serving. slayed pretty hard this trailer definitely didn't show a ton but i think it's exactly what we needed and that release day i'm kind of like I have faith in this team, so I'm kind of like, you don't have to show me a lot. I just want to know when it's going to be here. And you're holding me off quite well. Like, they packed the next six months. Yeah. I can wait. Yeah. I, I, I guess even, this is eight months, but still. I even feel like some of the design motifs even look a little bit like uh, Twilight Princess-esque. Like yeah, I, the the title implies quite a bit of darkness, too, which is exciting. Because I want this game to be thematically quite dark, because I think that would be very interesting. Yeah, maybe not the best timing, considering. Uh... No, this this actually <laughs> did not. The direct did not live stream in in England, and I was like, "That's really weird." Like, I know the Queen is dead and all, but like, is that what you do? You just don't stream Nintendo directs, and then they revealed the name <laughs> as Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom, and I'm like, "Oof, oof." Which I think is funny. I'm sorry to any of our British listeners, but that's pretty funny. Like, you can't deny that that's funny, because you know this title's been picked for years, probably. Yeah, definitely. So, I look forward to playing this game in May. Oh, boy. Th will that be our anniversary? May 12th? Yeah. Yeah, I can check. It'll probably be maybe like a week or two before it. Yeah, because our anniversary is on May twenty fifth. Yeah. So this will be we will be playing Breath of the Wild too. I should Tears of the Kingdom. Sorry, that was not even <laughs> on purpose. Like I legitimately called it that by accident. On our second year anniversary, so I'm excited. I think that direct was super cool. We got new Fire Emblem, new Pikmin, Bayonetta. Look at Kirby Port, Zelda, Story of Seasons, Fatal Frame, Octopath Two, Crisis Core, Golden Eye. I think we are quite well fed. Don't forget Story of Seasons. I said that, Kelly. Oh, sorry. Gosh. Sorry. I'm sorry. Well, now we have to end the episode. We do. Well, Thank we have to end the episode because it's the end, but. Oh, true. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you, PlayStation, for an underwhelming show. Thanks, <laughs> Nintendo, for an incredible show. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week with probably a lot less news but still will be here to give it to you. Thanks for listening. Bye.